salutations to Ananda. Good afternoon. It's indeed a great privilege for me to address this August gathering. I'm very much pulled into all the organizers, especially to the IGNC and to the Infinity Foundations. And here my brief deliberation, which is based on the essence of my paper, which has been already sent, that's in Sanskrit, which has been molded in the classical format of Karika and Vritti. In our tradition, we have uh, the mnemonic verses called Karika and then the explanatory prose passages called as Vritti. In the same traditional manner, I have done it. And the title is Tasa Brahma Samarthanam. I think Onada can understand the import of it. Rasa, according to us, Indian mystics, is Brahma or Brahmaswada Sahodara. According to Vedanta, it's Brahmananda. And according to aesthetics, it is Rasananda. And Rasananda is only one step below that of Brahman. It is Brahmananda Sahodara. It is uh, Brahmananda Sahodara in that sense is an younger brother. And with that perspective only we have to see. And it's our experience too. Unlike the physical entities, emotional features, they don't have a linear development. This has to be understood and appreciated because According to science, physical sciences, it is a linear growth and then unless we have a certain advancement in one area, one specialized area, some other advancement in some other area cannot be expected. So everything is linear and logical, but here it has a logic, but it's a non-linear logic and that has to be borne in mind and unfortunately people who work in this direction without bothering this traditional value and this essence of it, the essence of which neither Pratyaksha nor Anumana. It's neither product of our sense organs, not even product of the logic or the inferential logic, but it is product of our experience and that's why it's neither Paroksha nor Pratyaksha. It's not completely beyond our senses. It's Aparoksha. This is the master's opai, prapanchate. And this modest apparently has to be adopted even in the realm of his text too. And then here the whole of Indian uh, wisdom should be seen as a complete entity. It should never be seen as a diversified or mutilated entity. Unfortunately, the Western scholars, not to speak about uh, Sheldon Pola, who is one among them, many such people, this, he is not even the first or last in this line, the lineage of scholars. Even in India also, there are some scholars who follow the same category. But here, it is the whole experience that's very important. And such an approach has been very well developed by our masters. And even in the modern times, like uh, Professor M. Hiriyadna, and also contemporary scholars like Padekal and Narasimha Bhatta have shown with uh, plenty of references in their works, very insightful works they are. And so, that is Jeevat Samagre Saktovat, that's what I have mentioned in my Karika. And Bharata's work is uh, not a product of uh, a lower society or lower understanding, it's a product of very profound society which should never, which should never be forgotten. It is not uh, the work which was produced when the arts like music, dance, theater, or poetry, they're all in infant stage. When they were very mature and very well developed, then only Bharata came into existence. 
because we know that a lot of poetic elements are present in the Vedas themselves, not to speak of the great epics, Arsha Kavyas. And we know no emotional world uh, can contribute both to the work like Ramayana or Mahabharata. All the emotional aspects of the human nature has been very well expo expounded and explored in the great works of uh, the great sages Valmiki and Vyasa. And that's why the Indian aesthetics, which is represented in the great work of Bharata, has the roots in Vedas and the Veda Vyakhyana Parampara, that's of Ramayana and Mahabharata. And then we should never forget that, though Bharata speaks in a very simple language, the thought is very profound. It's not complex, it's profound. Unfortunately, the Western savants they are always after complex but stupid things, or even trivializing the things. But it is not the case with Bharata and the successes, devotee successes like Abhinav Gupta, Anandavardhana, and other people. And also in my work, I have shown drawing parallels from Ayurveda. In Ayurveda, Swasamvedana Mulakvad, Ayurveda Ushadiriva, Rasasiddhanta Tatvanchat, Vikala Baditam Bhavet. Though Ayurveda may not be giving the laboratory picture, but the clinical picture is even today perfect and intact. Their observation and inferences and their treatment, it's all very profound and complete in itself. In that sense, even the Indian aesthetics too, they may not be knowing the so-called psychological details of it, but what we experience is very important. Here only many people go wrong. They rely more on the reports and graphs, but they don't rely on the experience. Human being, irrespective of the advancement of science and technology or whatever, in spite of all the material achievement, remains the same. As we know from the well-known quote of Radha Krishnan, man would have learned to fly in sky and move freely under water, yet he remains human being. We may be moving in space, but we need a space suit. So we have created an ambience that is very much of the terrestrial, and accordingly we are moving everywhere means in and out human being, especially in the world of emotion, desires, raga and visha, propositions and dispositions remain the same. And there lies our strength and our yoga shastras, our sahitya shastras, our kalam yamsa, and our atma shastras, or the brahmi yamsa, everything come together in that sense. And then by looking at the examples, one will be very easily misled to make wrong judgments and pronounce them to with audacity on our shastras. It's very, very much wrong. It's highly deplorable because many times the change in taste and even to make the things clear, some examples would have been given. For example, in Dhanya Loka, for enumerating Dhani and establishing that, Anand Vardhana has drawn a lot of examples which belong to the realm of Vastu, Vastu Dhani, where an idea is being suggested. It's a very shortcut method or a very easy method to make the other person realize without any doubt about the existence of money or uh, the importance of money and even the indispensable nature of money or suggestion. But that doesn't mean Anandavardhana never said that they are the best poetic examples. But he later realizes more, relies more on Rasad Bhani and Abhinogupta justly emphasizes on that and performs his theory based on that. So the examples, they may be of that time, they may be of those states, but that should never come in the way of knowing the profundity of the concepts. We are well aware of that. For example, a gold ornament 
may be an out of fashion of 20th century or 19th century, but the worth of gold is even today precious. And so we have uh, uh, the details of uh, the, as we have the Jivan Mukta Parampara, the tradition of Jivan Muktas in Vedanta, so is the tradition of Mahakavis that is very important, what the Mahakavis felt. In that sense, if you look into Ramayana, Mahabharata, even Kalidasa, Bhadavata, such poets have given a lot of inputs and insightful observations regarding our experience. And there we have much more to explore. Unfortunately, the Westerns are into these details. And in the Rama, in the Natyashastra itself, it is clearly said in the opening chapter, Brahma created this Natya Veda based on the four Vedas. Patyam Jagraha Rigveda, Samapyo Ganamevacha, Gita Gita Mevacha, and then Abhinayam, Yajurveda, Abhinayam Prasana, Atharbanadapi, when saying so, there are four Vedas are contributing for that. And hence, without looking into the Vedic context, we can never realize Indian aesthetics. And where is the Vedic context? The context is Ananda and Ananda Yeva. And in the Yajurveda, it is clearly said in the Taitiri Upanishad, Kapranyatko va anyati desha akasha anando nasyat. Without ananda, we can't even think of anything. We can't even breathe and we can't even sustain ourselves. So ananda is the bedrock of not only Indian aesthetics, Indian culture, the whole of mankind, the whole of universe. And hence, unless we revert ourselves to this concept of ananda, all our endeavors will go futile. And unfortunately, again, people like Sheldon Pola are completely unaware of it. It's ignorance or arrogance or whatever the contrived method, we don't know. It is either Lokavanchana, Rakhavanchana, or then Shastrana Bhyasa. This is what we have been for. And even from our traditional days, we clearly know this poetic element of Vedas have been held high. For example, a great poetess by name Vijika, she clearly says, Eko Bhun Nalinath, Brahma, the Vakta of the Veda, was a great poet. And later, even the great uh, scholarly, insightful mystics like Aravindo, Kapali Shastri, and his mentor, Ganapati Muni, and Vasudev Sharana Agrawala, such people have shown the poetic nature of the Veda. But Vedas are essentially God-centered Deva Kendrita, while the Kavya is Jiva Kendrita, barring this small difference, all the passions and all the yearnings and all the aspirations of human beings are equally represented both in the Veda and even in the Kavyas. And K. Krishnamurti has been wrongly quoted, cited by Sheldon Pollock, wrongly in the sense, only in some of the works of K. Krishnamurti we do find that Bharata's focus is something different. But later, K. Krishnamurti himself has written in many of his works, and also personally in my conversations, when I had long conversations with him, because he was like, he's like a fatherly figure to me, has clearly said that what I wrote earlier in 1950s and 60s is something different from what I have, I have been writing in 1980s and 90s. And that's why K. Krishnamurti's view has been taken as a support, but that's not Shodakshama. That's, uh, that, that will not find complete waters. And then the basic concepts of Indian aesthetics, like uh, Alankara, Una, Riti, Marga, Dhvani, Vakrata, Aujitya, etc., there are time-tested values. And they are product of the great contemplation. They were produced over centuries, and that's why they are foolproof in nature. And that's why, for example, a great poet like Kalidasa has been held supreme 
from the viewpoint of all these canons. When it is from the Alankara, Kalidasa is Upama Kalidasas. He is best among the poets because his Upamas, the most fundamental imagery, Sibili, has been very well explored by him and very well executed by him. And in Gunas and Margas, Vaidarbha Marga, having all the ten Gunas, he is the best way. And Kalidasa, Vidarbha Giram Vasaha, like that, he is being eulogized. And even in Riti also. And even in Bhani, Kalidasa, the Vitra, Panchashava, Mahakavayaha, like that, Anadavardhana, openly says. And then Vakrata, Kuntaka, often and often draws heavily from the works of Kalidasa and again uh, attests that he is the greatest poet, great poet. And even in Aujitya Kshemendra, he says, Patet Samasthan Kila Kalidasa Krita Prabandhan Ikihasa Darshi, like that, when he says in Kavikanta Varana, again he is alluding to Kalidasa. And from the viewpoint of Rasa, Rafeshwara Kalidasa, like he is being eulogized. In that way, every basic concept or canon of Indian aesthetics, they are foolproof because they rightly judge who is great, who is average, who is mediocre, and who is good, like that. This Parichedha uh, Parijnana, this way of developing a judicious hierarchy is very well seen. Then, Sheldon Pollock has one objection that uh, Rasa is not the future place, it's not the one key to open all the doors of Indian aesthetics. It's only focused on poetry, not on any other thing. And even some of the, like uh, the great uh, scholar, artist, Dr. Patma Subramaniam, Dr. Chudamani Nandagopar, and other such scholars from the IGNCA, SRC, Bangalore, we have developed the art experience and project. Introductory long article have shown, without any doubt, beyond doubts, that Rasadhvani, Aujitya, Vakrata, these four basic canons, they can be applied to all arts and their intrinsic value is well revealed and well established in the traditional text themselves. And it is uh, well accountable also because Rasa is the key which can open all the doors of music or dance or theatre or culture or whatever. And I have no time, that's why I have to skip, skip that. And I was mentioning about uh, the objection of Sheldon Polak that Katibhas uh, Varupa, the nature of imagination, has not been well expounded at the level of abstract thought. This is wrong. First of all, Pratibha itself is the ultimate cause, primordial cause for any art creation. And when it is being explained, again there will be a question, how this happened? And so there will be an eternal question of anavastha dosha, and this is a logical fallacy. For that reason, at one point, it is by itself innate and vibrant and that needs no more proof. Something like the Atman or something like the Brahman, again going to the Vedantic analogy, that has to be accepted. We all know that we can give proof for anything but not our existence. How one's own existence can be proved by an external thing? Again, that external thing needs endorsement from one's own self. And that's why Pratibhaswarupa, if it is not analyzed, if he thinks so, it is wrong. When whatever possible capacity, it's a, it has been wonderfully analyzed by people like Pattatota, Mahimabhatta, Anandavardhana, Abhinavgupta, and many more. And beyond that, nothing can be done. For that matter, Indian philosophy and Indian aesthetics has done a great work of exploring the concept and nature of Pratibha than their Western counterparts. And then we should never forget that the Pramanas in Natyashastra, Clearly, Bharata mentions about the three pramana, 
Loka, Veda and Adhyatma, Loka is the world around. Veda is the experience of the past masters being codified wonderfully and Adhyatma, one's own experiential realizations. All the three are very important. Facing the Pramana, we have to analyze anything and Natyashastra is doing so. But unfortunately, the critics of Natyashastra, especially the Western Savans and people who are trained in that manner, they are not caring to this Swaswarupa and also the Adhyatma. They are looking into the Shastra in the literal sense. A big Shastra, Parampara, which has spread over 2000 years or so, should not be taken in the pigeon fold. It has to be seen as a complete unity, complete unit. And that has been never done by such people. And in the making of Shastra, so many undercurrents and overcurrents will be there. So many confusions will be there. But how they are addressed and how they came to agreement that is very much important that the confusion, superficial confusion which is arising. But these people, they are doing the mischief of looking at the confusion, superficial confusion itself and unable to or unwanted to go to the details, the inner details. Which, and then it is also said, most of the allegations go in this way. That's why I'm taking some of them in the a rudimentary cursory survey itself. If you go to the details, again, the same questions are given different treatments and in a different uh, way they have been put, put across. And that's why this is the fundamental question which is arising. Message or socio-moral implications and responsibilities are not addressed. This is highly erroneous because we know when Ananda is the ultimate end product of any art experience, all other questions are answered in itself. Unless a person is happy, he can't stay. Like any other right, the right for Ananda is the most important right. When that right itself is being addressed capably, efficiently, what, what are the other things which do exist there? And again, he too, Sherlock, uh, Sheldon Pollock himself, refers to that Avuchitya is one concept which would answer these things, but that's not sufficient. But he is not shown, if at all there is insufficiency, how it is. But in reality, Aucitya is the only canon which would address all these things. Because Aucitya is always culturally contexted. And all these social justice or moral implications or economic implications, all these things, they come under the cultural uh, connotations. And because of the cultural contextualization, Aucitya becomes Anuchitya. One time Aucitya would become Anuchitya of some other time. And hence our Alankarikas clearly knew this. And that's why, if that is suitable to that particular society, aesthetic enjoyment is possible. And Anandvardhana's great dictum is there. Anuchitya Dhrutyananya Dragabandhasya Karanam Vasiddhauchitya Bandhasura Sopnishatpara And there it ends. And even Kshemendra too endorses the same. And even today, in my many of the research papers have shown clearly that this cultural contextualization that is nothing but Auchitya would answer all these questions. And then he also has one more question regarding the Vatsali Rasa. Vatsali Rasa has not been properly explored by Bharata. But we should never forget that in the very Bhava Rati itself enjoyment, we have this thing. And Bhoja has rightly taken this issue. Anyway, even earlier, Alankarikas like Rudbhata, Rudrata and others, they have connected to Vatsali Rasa. And that he too knows. And even the work of Bharata itself, we have the elements of uh, Vatsalya, which is being clearly seen in the first chapter itself. 
whoever wants which sort of comfort that has been given by the rasa in that itself vatsal rasa too can be connected and then one more objection raised by him is rasa is not sahradayanishta according to bharata and there again he brings in dr k krishnamurthy but we should never forget one fundamental concept that is unless an artist is a sahradaya unless he is a connoisseur he cannot create art and so rasa whether it is sahradayanishta or kalavinishta means artist centric art a connoisseur centric means ultimately the uh, Dr. Ganesh, uh, Pollock says that the Rasa theory has become somewhat obsolete. Uh, what is your, how do you handle this question? Could you hear me? Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, Dr. Ganesh, he said, the Rasa theory is found to be obsolete in the modern times. Uh, how do you react to this? I want to address that question. This is highly erroneous because even today we are experiencing the rasa of the works which were treated by people like Anandavardhana Abhinavadhyaya. They held Kalidasa or Valmika or Vyasa as wonderful poets. And they held which sort of paintings and sculptures are very beautiful. So also this place, like place of Bhasa and others, even today we are enjoying them. And even according to the Rasa Sutra, according to the aesthetics of Bharata and his successors, we can and we are analyzing efficiently the present art forms whether it is music or dance or whatever, and both in the Anvaya and Vitareka, by knowing that how they appreciated the works, and from that perspective, the same works are even today enjoyable, and how from the same canons we are able to appreciate the present-day art forms, not only Indian, even the Western, and from both the Anvaya and Vitareka, from both the connotations, Rasa theory is not obsolete. It can only become obsolete only when human mind changes. When human mind is no more emotional, human being is no more emotional, if he is completely devoid of the 49 bhavas, sattvika, yabhichari, and then five bhavas, then alone rasa theory may go obsolete. And that is impossible, at least in the near future. And that's why we need not bother about these silly questions. That Professor Kannan has asked it for the sake of all of us. I know, I know, I know. Uh, how can I deny that? Yes. Unless human being changes, because we know, taking the parallel of Ayurveda, for example, ginger is Vushna, Vushna Virya, and milk is Sattva. That cannot change unless the product itself changes. And so, the medical, medicinal values of them will not change. The treatment may change, the machinery may change, the equipment may change, the textbooks may change, but not the Vastu Tantra, and that's why, again, alluding to Shankar Bhagavad Pada, Vastu Tantra and Purusha Tantra are the most basic concepts which Shankara draws our attention to. Their Vastu Tantra is Rasa, and hence it cannot go wrong. Can I, Unlike the West can I ask you a question? So, quick question is this. On one side, we have Sheldon Pollock who says that Rasa theory is kind of becoming irrelevant, and that's because the notion of Rasa, the notion of emotions, the context of emotions, the understanding of emotions, the way they have as a, axiom, a set of axioms, how different is that from the notion of bhava and rasa within our context? Has there been any study? Has there been any effort to understand and put that in the right perspective? So that we can say that what Sheldon Pollock talks about is not what we talk about. 
and what we understand as human beings and what we understand as the human beings' emotions is very different from what they understand. And when you said if human beings are devoid of emotions, would that mean that, like in future, if robots get to have human behaviors, they are devoid of emotions, they would be fitting into the framework of Sheldon Let Pollock? Let the question be brief so that you know, he can answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I can understand this much. We have uh, different levels of uh, approaches, and their framework itself is entirely different. That's what you mean. But my friend, Dr. Shankar, presently uh, has undertaken one wonderful research work. There he has clearly established that, even from the viewpoint of psychology and psychiatry, according to their own text, they themselves have profusely, profusely quoted and appreciated people like Abhinav Gupta and Bharata. And this, this would clearly mean, and even before, long ago, Professor Rakesh Gupta and others have done from the perspective of psychology too. Above all, our experience is there. Why you should need our text and other things? Ganesh, Dr. Ganesh, we are very fond of you. We, we, are, we are running beyond time. But I just want one question because that is that will throw a lot of light on uh, Abhinav Gupta, who wrote commentary to Natyashastra, also wrote commentary to Dhanyaloka. And in both places he talked about theory. And in the first uh, Natyashastra he talked about rasa uh, elaborately, and in the Dhanyaloka his, uh, his Vyakhyana is yeah. not that much elaborate. What would you say, are there any similarities or why, how, how this has been dealt with uh, Bhaibhinav Gupta in both uh, Dvanyaloka and in uh, Natyashastra? Ah, well, sir, Dvani is the recognition of beauty, Auchitya is the endorsement of beauty, and Rasa is the experience of beauty, while Vakrata is the expression of beauty. So all these have different connotations, all these have different roles to play, but everything works for Vakrata. From the perspective of creator, it is Vakrata, artist. And from the perspective of Sagradaya, it is Bhani. I could recognize beauty in that. And Auchitya is the cultural context, common cultural context. When both the contexts converge, then we have Auchitya being in agreement, something like the Viveka of the Vedantin, Viveka of all the Darshanakara, all the systems of philosophy. So, Auchitya endorses the recognition of beauty and Rasa is the experience. And the state of duality remains in all these three states, Vakrata, Dhvani and Auchitya, but that duality completely ceases to exist in the case of Rasa. And that's why Rasa is Chitta Vishranti. Chitta, mind is the seat of all dualities. When that duality itself is dissolved, then only we'll be experiencing our own selves. And that's why Abhinavutta has clearly given the etymology rasyanteiti rasaha in plural and rasanam rasaha in singular and rasyante means there is the dichotomy and difference that is one level and rasanam rasaha the very taste itself that is one's own visualization of the self-enjoyment and so Abhinavukta is correct in giving the expression thank you thank you dr ganesh thank you very much for this wonderful session from all of us to help me, you can do two things. You can go to the subscribe button on my YouTube and subscribe. We need more subscribers there. Uh, secondly, I get lots of emails on people saying, how do we donate? How can we help you? Uh, you go to rajimalhotra.com or you go to infinityfoundation.com and you can hit the donate button. You can donate in dollars. There are different ways mentioned. 
if you want to donate in rupees there is a column called uh, infinity foundation india and you click that and there are instructions on how you can donate in india